You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are talking about some fascinating research happening up on Purdue's campus in a collaboration between the Veterinarian Sciences and the Purdue Center for Cancer Research, studying about naturally occurring uh, cancers between uh, dogs and how that treatment can be helpful to both dogs and humans. I'll let my guest explain all that and what that means here in just a minute, and let me introduce him to you. He is the Robert Wallace Miller Director of Purdue University Center for Cancer Research. He is Dr. Timothy Ratliff. Dr. Ratliff, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Adam. I appreciate the opportunity to tell people about our center. Yes, for sure. There's so many, so many fascinating things happening up there, and you guys are doing such important work and so many great things. And we could talk probably for hours about all the great work you guys are doing up there. I'm excited to talk about this uh, specific uh, research that we're going to be talking about today here in just a few minutes. Before we jump into that, let's, let's let our listeners get to know who you are. Just talk about you know, where you're from and how you made your way to Purdue and kind of what your role is as director. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was originally from uh, Columbus, Georgia, born and raised, finished high school there. And uh, I graduated from uh, University of Texas, Arlington. And that's where I met my wonderful wife of 54 years. Uh, and uh, I went from there through the University of Arkansas, I got a PhD and then to Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, I did a postdoctoral fellowship there and was fortunate enough to get a faculty position at WashU and served there for a number of years. I then took a position at the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine as an endowed professor and prostate cancer researcher and worked there for a few years and then Purdue came calling and uh, I came over and visited and just was so fascinated by the talent here. I couldn't wait. Uh, actually, I was worried that they wouldn't call me back, but fortunately <laughs> they did. And uh, so I came and joined the faculty in 2007. So I've been here for 15 years now and uh, it's been a fantastic uh, job. Uh, one of my favorites all time, I have to say. That's awesome. Hey, we're so glad to have you. So you made your way around the country. We're glad you settled here in the Midwest at Purdue. And just, again, the fascinating uh, stuff that is happening up at Purdue and just a world-class uh, research center up there as well. You mentioned UT Arlington, so I should say, because anybody's listening to this episode maybe missed uh, two episodes ago, I talked to uh, women's basketball head coach Sharika Wright, a former Purdue uh, legend who is now the head coach at UT Arlington. So awesome little uh, connection there and way to uh, promote that episode from a couple ago. Uh, one more question before we kind of jump into the focus of this episode. Again, just for uh, people who might not be fully aware, talk about what the uh, Purdue Center for Cancer Research is and does. We are a, a center that pulls together scientists from all across campus to focus on cancer research. We're a National Cancer Institute a designated center. We obtained that designation in 1978 and have been supported by the National Cancer Institute since that time. So it's a very special uh, institution here. We uh, are one of only seven basic science centers. Those are cancer designated centers that do not have a medical school. So there are only seven in the whole country and Purdue is one of them. It's a very elite group. 
am very proud to uh, lead this group. Uh, we uh, ha have scientists representing uh, 22 departments, seven colleges across campus. And as I say, we bring them together with their diverse expertise to try to better understand cancer, what makes a cancer cell a fast growing, lethal, potentially lethal um, uh, cell. And we also develop therapeutics. We just had two approved by the FDA, one in prostate cancer uh, and one for imaging of ovarian cancer. So, you know, we're, we've got things going here and we're really making a difference. That's awesome. You mentioned the collaborations with other schools. One of them being the focus of this one, the uh, collaboration with the, the veterinarian scientists and the human scientists uh, coming together. Uh, this is really cool, this article I was reading, just using dogs as models uh, for the benefit of patients with naturally occurring uh, cancers of all species. Tell me about this uh, research and how it came to be. Well, uh, it came to be the leader over there is Dr. Deborah Knapp. And uh, she has been, uh, organizing and leading that group for a number of years. Her focus is on bladder cancer and uh, she has really uh, established uh, Purdue as one of the leaders in canine oncology. And uh, we utilize those models because as you say, they are naturally occurring spontaneous tumors that are very, very similar to human cancer. And we study them because that's the closest thing we can get uh, to human disease, and we utilize them for testing our therapeutics. And, you know, we help uh, pet dogs by treating them with uh, special agents that we make. And they help us by uh, giving us information about how this treatment is working and, and how we can make it better. So it's a great, great partnership. Yeah, for sure. And do you know how long this research has been going on? Since before I got here, I couldn't tell you when it really started. So 20 to 25 years, I would say. That's incredible. Talk about maybe some of the things uh, you've learned from this uh, research and uh, maybe some of the benefits you're seeing from it already. Well, it's uh, really tremendous. So what I've learned in uh, the bladder cancer, osteosarcoma, uh, leukemias, uh, brain tumors, we study all of those, melanomas. Uh, all of those are really active and very similar to hum human disease. So I've learned a lot about our inability to have the right kind of reagents to do all the things we want to do in these pets. Uh, only recently have others recognized the importance of these cancers. And we're just now beginning to build the types of tools we need to really ask even more in-depth questions. So. Um, we're, we're working here to develop that. Uh, Dr. Knapp has some immunotherapy approaches that she's developed, only one in the country that has it, and we're trying to get that into the pet animals. There's very special treatment for them. And we'll learn a lot uh, about the disease, about how to, you know, immunotherapy is, is the, the treatment of choice for many tumors now, bladder, lung, kidney, and so on, head and neck. Uh, and, and it has a very dramatic effect, but it only impacts a relatively small amount of people with disease. And it's like in the range of 25% on average, we've got to figure out how to make it better. And that's what we're trying to do here at Purdue. And I think the canine cancer systems are really going to help us get that done. 
That's awesome. And have you seen some of those benefits already and people using some of those immunotherapies? Oh, yes. The immunotherapy is approved uh, for use in a number of tumors. You know, like I was saying, melanoma, lung, bladder, kidney, head and neck, and so on. Uh, and and we have been, actually, everybody in the country has been really trying to develop some of these agents that would model the same kind of treatment in the dog. And Debbie is the first one to do that. And she... Uh, just got a big grant to move that whole study forward from the National Cancer Institute, uh, which is very special recognition. And she's working closely with them. Uh, there is a canine consortium for clinical trials uh, that extends to a fairly large number of uh, veterinary colleges across the country. So there's potential to really analyze a very large number of dogs. And uh, if I could, I've got a great story to tell you. So one of our uh, uh, scientists here developed a drug to uh, treat various types of cancer. And he had uh, three drugs that were really pretty good. And he partnered with the National Cancer Institute to run first-in-man clinical trials. But they could only run two of the first phase of trials. And so they chose two of those drugs and left the third one out, but they had the wisdom to utilize this canine oncology consortium. And so as uh, we treated the dogs with these agents, you can guess which one was actually the best, uh, the one they left out. And so they backed up, they figured out what the differences were, it was pretty dramatic. And then they started a clinical trial with the third one as well. So we, you know, those dogs have really uh, provided us with very important information. And these drugs are now moving through the cycle and we hope toward FDA approval. That's awesome, that incredible uh, story there. And talk about, obviously, unfortunately, uh, as we know, cancer is not something that's going away anytime soon. You know, hopefully at one day we do find that, that cure for all cancers. So talk about this study. I assume this is a study that will just continue to go on as long as it needs to, to just continue to find better uh, treatments and therapies and stuff like that, just to, to help uh, cancer patients, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, our goal is to cure cancer, but cancer is not a single disease. Every organ has a different cancer, they behave differently, they do different things. So uh, we have to understand each of the cancers individually. And so we make an impact one by one. For example, our prostate cancer drug that was just uh, approved by the FDA, it's a targeted radiotherapy that is very effective. Uh, it's not completely curative, so, but it does make men's life a lot better and uh, it uh, extends their life a long time. So that's the kind of thing we're developing, but we want to get to a point where we can say, it's done, you're cured, and uh, we'll not stop until we get there. Yeah, for sure. And with that in mind, I assume I, I, with this continued research, are you guys looking for more um, dogs to participate in this research or study and uh, like, obviously, because these are naturally occurring cancers, it's not, you know, I want to be uh, very clear here, you guys are not giving dogs cancer. These are dogs that are already have it or naturally occurring. Um, 
issues. So are you looking for more dogs to participate to help just further your study? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, call the vet school and give them scheduled. Uh, we, we really need those vets to, uh, to number one, help the pets. I mean, we're very careful, as you say, it's naturally occurring spontaneous tumors. We don't give dogs cancers. And when, whenever they have their cancer, we can make them better often. And so please uh, come by and you know, take advantage of the opportunities, the very unique opportunities that we have here at Purdue. Yeah, for sure. And anybody listening to or watching this episode on our website, I'll provide some links uh, below this video interview uh, for anybody who's interested in learning more about that um, to be able to, to find you guys or where they can uh, reach out to you guys or connect or you know, participate or you know, volunteer uh, one of their dogs uh, for this research as well. Um, and talk about just um, this, these, these, how important these collaborations are, whether they're across Purdue or with other universities that just help further the advancement of uh, research and treatments. Well, collaborations are essential. You know, science is so complex. No one has the expertise to do everything. That's why we have faculty that represent 22 different departments across our campus. All of their expertise is needed, engineers to just plain old cell biologists. You know? uh, so we pull them all together and their expertise helps us address questions in very unique way. By questions, I mean, trying to understand what these cancers are and how we can treat them. And uh, so it's essential, not only within our institution, but among other cancer centers and among uh, other institutions. Yeah. We collaborate with a broad spectrum. I think uh, probably uh, greater than 60% of our publications are collaborative publications within our own institution or with other institutions. So it's a very, very prominent part of our science. Yeah, it's so important just to work together to, obviously, this is my next question. It seems like a simple question, but an important one, you know, obviously is in collaborations are so important because talk about this, the ultimate goal of all this working together, the ultimate goal of all these researches. The ultimate goal is all the same, to have an impact, uh, understand, develop better detection, better diagnosis, better treatment, better imaging. Um, we're all in it for the same reason. Many of us have either had cancer ourselves or I've had family members that have had it and we're dedicated to making a difference. Yeah, for sure. Anything else about this uh, specific uh, research that you wanna mention that I didn't ask? Uh, well, I would say that uh, just to carry on a little bit with the collaborations, you know, we're a basic science center and that uh, we don't treat patients. We make the tools that are used to treat the patients. And sometimes we support science that has nothing to do with cancer itself. Uh, our engineers and our analytical chemists, they develop these tools and it's our responsibility to, to pull them into the cancer arena and utilize the technology for uh, cancer detection or cancer diagnosis or uh, treatment. So we're a little bit different in that light and I think it's important to let everyone know that uh, any funds that they provide us, 100% of it goes to that research, and uh, you're really making a difference for us. 
and for people who uh, develop the disease. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. If anybody is listening or watching this episode and wants to, to donate some money to the Purdue Center for Cancer Research, where should they go for that? Uh, they can go to our website. It's purdue.edu forward slash cancer dash research. And there's the donate button. So awesome. you can hit that button and uh, help us cure this disease. That's great. Uh, and again, I'll provide links for that as well on our website so people can see that. Of course, you mentioned uh, everybody is either, you know, if, if you haven't had cancer, you've been impacted in some way. You, you know somebody uh, in your family or a friend that's uh, been touched by cancer. And of course, as you know very well, and, and of course, anybody who knows me or knows this podcast, uh, we were both, uh, you know, impacted by the Tyler Trent story, and he's a huge part of this podcast. Anybody watching this episode sees, you know, the quote. Yeah, well, I've got it behind me too, as you you kind of see there. I yeah. hide it, but uh, <laughs> you've got your Tyler. Got Tyler mine. is very, you know, Tyler is very important to us. So Tyler came on campus, and uh, you know, we got to know him. He was the first student who was ever a member of our advancement board. A very, very. Uh, intuitive and insightful individual who helped us tremendously. He developed a recurrence as everyone knows and uh, it progressed. Uh, he was wanted to go to that Ohio State game. I'm sure you've covered that game. Everybody remembers it. Uh, so our center purchases a, a suite. We share a suite uh, with liberal arts and uh, we made arrangements for Tyler to be there uh, in our suite uh, for that Ohio State game. And of course, athletics and Coach Brom uh, made him the honorary captain, and he he was just in heaven. I'm telling you, uh, when he went down on that field, it was tremendous. But so that was really important to Tyler and a very wonderful experience for him. But Tyler was very serious about raising money to uh, fight this disease. And, you know, because of him, we have an osteosarcoma program uh, going here to try to understand it using our canine spontaneous osteosarcomas. Uh, but Tyler committed to helping us uh, raise money. Our advancement board opened an endowment in his name. That's how committed they were to Tyler. And then uh, everyone, I, almost every state donated to that endowment. We've got almost $3 million in there. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is. I mean, yeah, I remember his goal was to raise one. You said approaching three. That's just incredible. The impact his life uh, had and uh, just the importance this was for him to, you know, he said his goal is to raise money. And also, you know, with the ultimate goal that hopefully other kids wouldn't have to go through what he had. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's and we hope to really make a difference in that. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, definitely an impact that will last forever, uh, both at Purdue and just in cancer uh, research altogether. So it's, it's incredible. Thanks for, for sharing those uh, thoughts on Tyler. Just what an incredible uh, a life and uh, story and testimony that he uh, shared with us. I'm happy to do that. He was an amazing person. Uh, I visited him many times and uh, he was always upbeat and smiling and, uh, you know, just what you saw whenever you saw him on video. He was a very positive person. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And Dr. Ratliff, as we're wrapping up, anything else that you want to add? 
Well, I'll just reiterate that, you know, our center uh, is developing new therapeutics, new uh, diagnostic tools and new imaging tools. And we just had back in December, a, a new imaging tool for ovarian cancer approved for general use by the FDA. And just uh, last month had uh, a prostate cancer targeted radiotherapy approved. So we're making a difference to people and uh, we're very proud of that fact and hope that others um, will help us make an even bigger impact. That's awesome, for sure. Definitely keep up the great work. Again, I'll provide uh, links on our website for anybody who wants to donate money to the Purdue Center for Cancer Research or just to be able to learn more about uh, what they are doing up there because there's obviously so much beyond this episode that we touched on uh, today. But uh, Dr. Ratla, thank you again so much for your time and joining the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Thank you, Adam, for inviting me. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much, Dr. Ratliff. Take care and boiler up. All right, boiler up, hammer down. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod, and you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.